Perfect picture, pictures ain't my thing, but I could put a story in your head and open up your eyes. So listen, gross. Okay, we're back with the Juby Take. I'm Steve. I'm Adam. I'd like some fresh, clear, well-seasoned perspective. Can you suggest a good wine to go with that? That's uh, Roulet Rouge would be the good wine he speaks of. Yeah. yeah. tonight. And okay, so uh, this is unfamiliar ground, Adam and I yeah. are, because... Uh, we also have uh, a glass of the, uh, what was it again? Roulet Rouge is what I'm going with. Joe's rubbing off on us a little bit. It's the, let's hope not, but yeah. <laughs> apparently so. Coming back, uh, we've been gone for a couple weeks. We've, uh, I believe, taken care of the technical difficulties that we had. Absolutely. Oh, thank God. So just I'm going to just give everybody the complete one. It's a Roulet Rouge Organic Red Blend Wine. 2017 California, and I believe you said you got this at Trader Joe's. Trader yes? Joe's, yes. Awesome. Trader Joe's is the best. Cool. So, uh, yeah, we're we're having, uh, Adam and I are having a little glass of, of red, uh, backed up by our normal <laughs> rum and coke <laughs> backer. <laughs> yeah. That's how you do it, folks. Yeah. <laughs> we are prepared. Well, Sailor Jerry's and, and uh, soda. We're ready for so we're multiple good. football perspectives. We today. are. Now. And there we go. That starts it off. Well, I appreciate it. And because... I hope that all you guys are as well. <laughs> yes, indeed. You know, that isn't bad. That's... You, you like it, right? Yeah. It's fine. It is tasty. Yeah, it's easy. No, it, it it has... Well, I'm not even going to try to say any of the wine words because... <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> they, no, they just annoy me, so I'm not going to do it. Something about fruity undertones and nuttiness. Yeah, and, there you go. Yeah. You know, so we're not going to do that. All, all the above. Now, we are going to talk football. That tonight. is what and, we are going to go into. And, uh, you know, we're, in Joe's case, with the with the Bengals, we're two weeks in to the season. That's right. Right. As you hear this, they uh, it's Friday. So They're 2-0. They, just, and oh, they huh? just dominated last night. Oh, yeah. Well, they started to. <laughs> yeah. And then, <laughs> then it got interesting. Yeah. We were uh, having some uh, some beverages and sandwiches at uh, Oro oh, okay. with the Caspers last night watching the TV, thinking of Joe. Yeah. As the Bengals jumped out to a big lead. Yeah, 21 nothing in like the first eight seconds yeah, or something. Yeah, it looked like it was over with. And AJ by the Green end, had... it was kind of hanging on. Yeah. Uh, but they won. They so did. They're, they're 2-0. And that's, you know, one of their division rivals. Yep, it was a big one. It was a so. big, as big as an early season win uh, gets, you know, or at least close to it. If It, it would have been better if it was the Steelers, but, you know. Yeah, well, that's the next step. But the, is... but the Ravens just worked somebody last week. So yeah. it was... And the Bengals kind of didn't look great against the Colts. So even though they won, week one, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I didn't. I didn't put a whole lot of stock in in that first week. But well, you never do. No, you're very guarded I in am. your fanship. Absolutely. That's <laughs> and so that that's part of the downside of being two and zero because they're sucking me in. Right. Yeah. Exactly. There's a chance. Well, and that's what's fun about being a fan. I mean, you've you've got to drink the Kool Aid. Yeah. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, Absolutely. Right. You know, unless you're a Cubs fan and that's been blown for them. Right. Because no. the Cubs fans, you know, they were the, you know, lovable losers. Exactly. You know, it was all about how bad we're going to be this year and we're out of it, you know, in June, you know, so they're, <laughs> so the season's easy. It's fun. Yeah, exactly. And, it's and now, back. you know, then they win one. There's no and, pressure. And there's that tension. Right. That, you know, because you're, you're not happy with making the playoffs. You know, it's winning it all because they got there. There's a chance now. It's not like yeah. a dream. And it's it's not that much fun, folks. It's, no. 
You've got to really have the right frame of mind. You do. You you have to just understand that it's sports and it doesn't really matter. I think it's and just that's understanding hard for, for, that it's a process. Yeah. For and sports I, fans, it's really difficult to say. I can it do it matter. for six days out of the week. Like I really get myself into that place. Look, it's not that big. It's not that important. I'm just going to watch the game. I'm going to enjoy it because I like football. And it's not that big a deal. And by about four and a half minutes into the first quarter, I'm just white knuckling and yelling at the TV and oh. telling my kids to beat it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, Joe, you've always been a very pragmatic fan. You yeah. know, you're just, you realize it's the Bengals, yeah. you know, and we've had different conversations <laughs> so sad. that, you know, there's, there's not a real, you know, wave of, you know, excitement or anything with the Bengals. No, that, you know, you just don't find bagel Bengal fans anywhere. Other, other than no. the fact that, their quarterback has the same hair color as their uniforms. That's true. That is exciting. Well, yeah. And his eyebrows are that's amazing. A, that's the most exciting thing that's happened. <laughs> but I've just watched you over the years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk to you at the start of the year that, well, hey, they look pretty good, you know. And hey, Dalton, hey, you know, looked good last week. And you just look at me in anger. It's like, don't. Don't talk <laughs> like that. You're sucking me in again. Knock it off. I don't want to be. Yeah. You know, they're my team, but I don't want to root for them because they're going to break my heart. Yeah, it is. It is a fine line. I walk trying to keep my sanity and yet maintain my uh, sports fan card. Yeah, because I could just bail, you know, and I've whew, a couple of years ago, I almost did. But, you know, I don't want to do that because I do. Well, we've talked about it a hundred times. I love watching football and I enjoy watching not the Bengals <laughs> quite a bit. Right. You know, like just objectively just watching the game. And I always end up picking a team that I want to win, but I don't really care. So it's easy and blah, 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 blah. You know, Super Bowl's the greatest. Yeah. Because the Bengals are never in it. Right. <laughs> Not for a while now. Hey, this could be the year. But that is you what don't know. That is what sparked my uh, my Bengal fanship because I'm not, you know, I have no affiliation with Ohio or Kentucky or anything. Yeah. So it was just when I was a kid, they were in the Super Bowl and I didn't want to be a Niners fan. There you go. Well, yeah, you you picked the wrong horse I, I on did. that one. <laughs> I did, and especially someone from California, from like yeah, you an know, hour could, and forty minutes from you can throw a rock candlestick to, at that point. Yeah, yeah. Do you find that you do that often in your life? You you choose the thing that is not as popular. No, I'm not a uh, I'm not a contrarian by nature, or you know, I don't rebel against you know, trends for the sake of doing it necessarily. It's, I don't know what it was. I think it was just, was your dad a 49? No, fan? he was a Packer fan, actually big yeah. Packer fan. He liked the Niners and yeah. he really watched, he really enjoyed watching uh, Montana, yeah, Montana to rice. They, he was a, he was a Niner fan also. Everyone uh, liked but, watching but Montana back then, to rice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Back then you just got the regional game. There was no NFL ticket or anything. So, and the, right. and the Packers were terrible. I mean, this is pre Brett Favre. Yeah, you know, this is Lynn Dickey for I mean, yeah, I know it's been said a million times and I'm speaking to the choir with the listenership here, especially your family, you know, how much they know about uh, sports and Lynn Dickey in particular, I'm sure. Well, yeah, yeah. John Casper, who regularly listens. John actually does probably know, of course. Well, yeah, yeah. you know, he's he's Packer all the way. But then, uh, you know, going into the first bit of excitement that I knew as a person with the Packers was Don Mikowski, the magic man. And wow, that's a stretch to call that excitement. It was. It was the first time the Packers were any good at that point in my life, you know, as a 12 year old kid or whatever I was. And then he went down and I think Favre stepped in and uh, 
the rest was history. I think against the Bengals, actually. And he came back and he beat the Bengals in his first NFL game. Not start, but as he stepped in for the Magic. Wow, this is a windy road for you in the NFL. Yeah. And and yet comes full circle somehow. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's crazy how life does that. Yeah. So, So the Bengals, you know, again, I think that they're a reasonable team. The NFL always, every year, there's such... You know, they're just, there's not that much that's predictable. No, it's great that way. And, you know, you look at just the first couple of weeks, you know, and, and you look at the saints, you know, and the saints were supposed to be really good, you know, and, and they got just hosed by Tampa Bay. Yeah. Their defense was terrible. Yes. But to be fair, it was a Ryan Fitzpatrick led Tampa Bay. So, <laughs> well, right. Yeah. And everybody <laughs> saw that one coming. You know, he's the quarterback nobody wanted. Of all the sports that we follow, the NFL is... The most unpredictable. The most unpredictable. It, it just seems to be, you know, when the season starts, you have this idea mm-hmm. of what's going to happen. And who knows? You know, maybe it's... I it's, think there's so many... Because it's such a large team, there's so many variables, you know, that are in factor when it comes to winning a game. You know, there could be a couple of players that aren't mentally ready and that could flip and turn the tides on what's going to happen in the outcome of the game. But well, and it, it's the ultimate team game, right? Exactly. You know, you can't, you know, we talk basketball all the time and here's another podcast. The basketball gets brought up when it shouldn't. Hey, I didn't do it this time though. Yeah, I know. That's true. Well, I took care of it it's for a preemptive you. Strike. But the fact is, is that you can have a couple players on a basketball team and you can get to the playoffs and you can get deep in the playoffs. Yeah. And you can't do that in the NFL. I mean, even if you have, you know, Aaron Rodgers, it, there's no guarantee that you're going to make the playoffs. Right. He might be the one exception to that rule, but yeah. Well, you know, and, and Brady, I mean, they're always <laughs> yeah. there and they, they've won more than anybody yeah. recently. So yes, you have to give them some credit, but you still can't get there with just a couple elite players. Right, exactly. You know, it's the depth. Yeah, you're right. It's, it is, it is right, the most... Uh, team oriented game yeah worst to first happens all the time and with the salary cap and you see you know elite players getting cut you know pro bowlers that because they don't fit in the salary cap and it's it's such a different dynamic than the other sports the other sports become rather predictable i think yeah they absolutely they they seem to a little bit more at least yeah you can kind of pick out the top eight teams and and again you know it may be the patriots and you know, the Eagles again in the Super Bowl, we don't know, but, but it also could be the Rams and the chiefs. Exactly. You know, it, it <laughs> really could, could. It, it, <laughs> really it could, could. It could be crazy stuff, but the season is so much fun. Yeah. Wow. Now we've been talking for a while and haven't mentioned the 49ers and I want to apologize for that. Steve's wearing his 49ers shirt. Too. I am. Yeah. No, you you came prepared. I yeah. did, yeah. you know, because Game you know, we're, we're talking about uh, an upturn for the 49ers. Right. And we have talked about that on other podcasts, but the fact is they're looking for some stability. I, I like the coach, you know, Shanahan, you know, I think we have a quarterback now. We played well. You're not 100% sold on Grappolo. No, I am. I, I, I really like him. Oh, okay. You said, I think we have a quarterback now. Well, he's got to win some more games. <laughs> he's got yeah. six games under his belt. Well, yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> he was six and zero, oh, and now he's six and one. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I need a little more. I, got but you. I, I do like him. Yeah. You know, and I, I think of all the options that 
the 49ers had, he's the best option. Yeah, he seems to be bringing a lot of the positive energy, whether it comes with winning, you know, from last year, obviously not this year yet. But and then, you know, what you hear from the players and from the people that are around him, you know, everyone seems to have positive things to say. Well, that's a tough opener. Well, you know, and like, that's yeah. that's kind of where I was going is yeah. nobody wants to go to Minnesota now. Not against that defense. And the Vikings, you know, now with Kirk Cousins, which I... I mm, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a Cousins fan. I'm actually much happier that we have Garoppolo as opposed to Cousins because that was kind of the story is that the 49ers are going to go big after Cousins. Yeah. And well, reunite him with Shanahan. Right, right. Exactly. I remember hearing But that. I like, you know, where we are better. I, I to agree. To be honest. I don't think I, I like. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, that's, you know, kind of yeah. why we watch. Yeah. That's is, you know, when there is a change, you know, as opposed to, you know, the Bengals, they've got, you know, Andy Dalton again. Oh, and yeah. You talk about that. There's no change. There's no excitement. It's like, okay, he's a serviceable quarterback. Yeah, he is. Like, and he's not going to win games for you. He's not going to lose games for you. Mm-hmm. See, he may lose some. He may win. But that's the hard thing yeah. is there's not that newness of it you, you know the excitement that we have with garoppolo yeah change you know, you're, you're looking at you're looking at you know, just pure development yeah you know i you know i'm fine with it <laughs> but uh, yeah i agree it's there's no excitement there uh other than the fact that they're two and oh and you know he's looked pretty good right so. i mean when yeah. you sometimes no, though when you don't have that kind of change i mean it, re- it really is kind of relieving but you end up getting better results because then then making the change or trying to change something for the better um adding new players new pieces but when you bring everyone back and it's that stability when you're building on things that you could work on from last year you know maybe they lost games last year because of a lot of little things but oh, yeah. you know they were able to to you know correct some of those things now this year and yeah just because they are the same people and they have that kind of rapport with each other so the newness to get a little bit specific that we the Bengals do have this year is not is not sexy newness <laughs> sexy newness it's uh it's they changed everyone else <laughs> under except for marv lewis yeah so they he gutted his coaching staff so the the news last year was he was pretty sure he was gone at one point i think he was gone and then he came back and it was like you know weird so they decided that it wasn't it wasn't the head coach it was all of his assistant coaches well i think he decided that once he didn't leave he made the call at that point to revamp his staff and it's okay and i didn't really even realize that until the beginning of this season because you know i just wanted it all to go away (laughs) (laughs) but anyway so that it's again it's sort of dull and boring but unless you really pay attention and so it is a little bit exciting for me i'm like okay good because something has to change we can't just well, you know, stay the course. It's well, exactly. Yeah, you know, it's trust you know, the process. Yeah, and Def, well, definition of insanity. You exactly. Know, you, you do the very same thing with the very same people and expect a different result. And exactly. Marv Lewis is, at the risk of sounding whatever, objectively a good coach. I yeah. think I think he's unarguably a good coach. So, you know, then you get into the nuance of whether he's lost the team or not. You know, why did Andy Reid get fired in Philadelphia when he's obviously a very good coach? Right. So. I like Marv Lewis. Well, and and that is a very, you know, interesting issue when it comes to looking at that. Okay, change. You don't have the results that you really want, but change for the sake of change. You know, you look at at the 49ers with Harbaugh. Yeah. And all of a sudden they couldn't get him out of town fast enough. Yeah, which you know, was weird. get out of here. You know, and then there's a the progression of of 
worse to worse to worse to horrible, horrible coaching staffs and all of right. that until they've kind of stopped everything and said, okay, let's stop trying to put band-aids on this. And they kind of gutted everything and brought in, you know, a new GM and a new coach and, you know, realized that they got some decent players and let's take some time and let's build this. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what you have to do. Yeah. And, you know, in the case of, of the Bengals, you know, Marv Lewis, I agree. I think he's a good head coach. And, and so he would get hired immediately. Well, if, you, you know, know, yeah. Then, you know, who are you going to replace him with? <laughs> exactly. You know, are you going to go get some guy that hasn't done anything? Right. So, yeah, it, it's interesting. It's exciting. It's fun this time of year, especially, you know, we lost our first game, but we played Detroit. The 49ers played Detroit on Sunday at Just home. Back to back uh, NFC Northers. You know, but we've got to win that game. Yeah, you got to. You know, I, I understand the loss to Minnesota. I thought the 49ers played well. So I didn't watch that game a lot because mine was on at the same time. How they looked good like you'd like they did it was solid they could have won the game yeah i mean there were a couple mistakes and garoppolo made one horrible one uh-huh you know in his own end you know about the 10 yard line he just kind of tried to flip one out to the side and it was a pick six. Oh, but i don't think i saw that either yeah i mean that was just a, a horrible horrible play didn't he have three interceptions that game yeah probably yeah i think the first two weren't necessarily his fault one was a tip ball you know, and, and that's the interesting thing, too, for me about interceptions. If you're looking at interceptions and grading a quarterback, there's a lot of interceptions that aren't the quarterback's fault. Correct. That are tip balls. But even the ones that he throws directly to a defender, it's because the receiver didn't run the right route. Sometimes, yeah, for sure. There's a lot of things involved in that. So you right. can't just go, well, you know, he threw an interception. A terrible throw, yeah. No, you can't look at interceptions and judge it solely on that. Yeah, the pick six, yeah, that's on him. Right. <laughs> that was bad. That's a bad decision, right? Right, bad decision. He was under pressure, and he tried to flip it out, and the receiver yeah. wasn't open. So anyway, so the pick six, so now that, that put him down, but they, you know, they came back against a very good defense and scored some points. Right. You know, they, they actually looked pretty well. Their defense looked pretty good. So I'm encouraged. How did the running game look? It that's a tough task, man. <laughs> it really is against Minnesota, but it actually did all right. They get some good runs. Yeah. A couple here and there. They did. Yeah. Considering, you know, our number one running back is now out for the year. What? No. The, yeah. Well, the guy that we got from Minnesota, and I don't remember his name, the the star running back for Minnesota last year. Oh. McKinnon or. Jerick McKinnon. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, right. He, he did have a good year. He's been at, he had been at Minnesota for a well, few they, years. And well, and they had Darren Cook. Delvin Cook. Delvin Cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yep. Okay. And he got hurt immediately. Yeah, fourth game, he blows his knee out. And McKinnon had a fantastic year. He did. He, right. So the 49ers signed him, and he blew his knee out in preseason. Dang. Ooh. I didn't so, hear that. You know, now we've got uh, Brita and Morris. Okay. Alfred Morris? Yeah. Oh, nice. So, you know, that's we're trying to patch that together. Make it work with what we got. You know, I remember, did you say Delvin? Delvin, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Okay. Delvin? Well, I'm going to go Delvin. Delvin. Okay. We're going to go Delvin. Okay. We love Delvin Cook. Yeah. Big do fans. You, do you remember why? Uh, Florida State. Florida State, Mr. Fumble. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, is, is he yeah. The... And he fumbled in the game last week. Oh, did he? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he just he coughed the ball up right and left at Florida State. That was the big knock on him yeah. is that he, you know, was fumble crazy. Mm. 
man, yeah. one of my fondest memories was from Oregon against Florida State. And Jameis Winston just oh. falling backwards. <laughs> that's one of the most, that's one of the. <laughs> I remember that. I was, I remember where I was when I saw Yeah, that. exactly. That was the, one of the greatest games ever that was in the so history. Amazing. What was that score? Do you remember? Oh, it was like 56 to like seven. No, like, no, they were like, 20 like 23 or something. Yeah. or something, but it, yeah, 56. Yeah. I remember watching the uh, Urban Meyer, the Ohio State coach, after Ohio State beat Alabama, I think, or whoever <clears throat> yeah, they played. And so he asked what the score, you know, the oh, State right. Oregon game was. And I you know, somebody too. told him, you know, it's like, yeah, 56 to 20. And he just went, oh. Yeah, he yeah he kind of like uh, exhaled and was like, oh Jesus, <laughs> you know. And and honestly, that Oregon team should have won the national championship if we would have had anybody other than Don Pelham, yeah, as our defensive coordinator. I mean, it's, Ezekiel Elliott is one of the top running backs in the NFL sure. today. And yeah, you know, no, I mean, he's, he's a he's a great running. He's two back. years out of that game, but that's not the issue. The issue was Jones, their quarterback, who was. Oh. Had never played a game. No, totally. It was. And, and we there put was no factors. pressure on him. We did what? nothing to pressure him and make him make decisions. We made him look really he good. He stood back there for forever. Well, but that's what you do with a young quarterback who doesn't have experience. Yeah, yeah you exactly. let him stand back there. You you rush three. Give him all the time in the world. Right. Let him figure it out. Yeah, and, and let him find somebody because, <laughs> you know. Because we can cover everyone for days. Yeah. yeah, yeah, an hour and a half per play. Yeah. So. I don't know if you guys could hear the sarcasm in our voices. Wasn't wasn't any sarcasm at all during that. So okay, so that's that's the NFL. Now we also have college football going on, and sure, you know, and I haven't paid a ton of attention to it, but uh, I know the Ducks are off and running. Yes, well, literally, as they usually. Well, are. and we've played absolutely nobody, right? You know, we played Bowling Green and destroyed them. Then we played Portland State. You know, our week schedule is not really all Oregon's fault. You know, it's not like the SEC teams that that play nobody. I heard a good quote about that today, actually. It was uh, a guy named Jeff Cesario, and he's he's doing his sports wrap-up bit. It's I won't get into it, but he said, uh, and, uh, like, Alabama played an online college or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they play the University of Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> so... Oh, yeah, that's that's about what I think. Football of I team see. practices online as well. Well, and everybody knows how we feel about about that. You know, some of the SEC teams. I, I will say, you know, SEC Auburn played Washington in the kickoff classic. Did you they? Know, they did. Yep. But again, if you play an SEC team, you're going to play it on the East Coast. Yeah. You cannot get them to come to the West Coast. They won't do. They it. They don't know that it exists. So they played Auburn. And I believe I believe they played him in Atlanta, you know. <laughs> so that's a neutral field, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it's you know Seattle to Atlanta, yeah. But Auburn, Auburn is uh, Alabama in, in Alabama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the town is. Yeah, Fayette, I don't know Fayetteville or something like that. Yeah, I think you can probably throw a rock to Atlanta. And... <laughs> I'm going Fayetteville. Sure, nice, I like yeah. it, solid. Just stick with it. I'm surprised I came up with something other than Birmingham. Yeah, well, we hate all things East Coast. <laughs> But no uh, West Coast bias here. No, not at all. But anyway, you know, I, I, that was a good game. I watched that. You know, Auburn did win the game. Washington lost. And, of course, they, the pundits, all the talking heads say that that was, you know, the Pac-12's only chance 
to get into the playoff. Was Washington? Was Washington. And they blew they, it already? They didn't, yeah. They, they yeah, exactly. And it was, if you lose to Auburn, you're going to be a one-loss team, and unless you win out, and you're not going to win out in the Pac-12. No. And it's hard to argue with anybody because we stunk last year. Yeah. That, that the Pac-12? Oh, terrible. And we were you know, one in seven, I think, in bowl games. Well, we have a couple of, of uh, Heisman candidates in the league, but it doesn't mean that we have any good teams on the, Oh, in the pack 12, the pack 12. So I think uh, love's already out of it, to be honest with you. Really? They talk about uh, your boy, your quarterback. So tell me about him. Justin Herbert. Yeah. A great story. You know, here's a kid that grew up in Eugene, uh, went to Sheldon high school, went to Oregon football games at Autzen from the time he could walk. You know, his parents are huge fans. Oh yeah. The interesting thing about that is that, uh, you know, when he was recruited, Mark Helfrich was the coach and Mark Helfrich didn't recruit him at all. And nobody really wanted him. He was hurt as a junior. They kind of threw him an offer uh, right before his senior year. You know, nobody really explained it. There was no fanfare. There was no five star, four star. There was no, there was none of this. Neither here nor there. There was no hype. It's just like they added, you know, they, they local boy, local boy gave him an offer and of course, he took it the moment he got it. Yeah, before it even got to his house. Exactly. Uh, and you know, I, I believe Terry Wilson was the the quarterback that that Helfrich wanted. Yeah, who is now starting for somebody. Terry yeah. Wilson sounds like a realtor. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's going to be. You know, eventually Probably. he was not a quarterback. Eventually, he didn't win that. But he didn't. He didn't do anything for us. Terry he, Wilson will put you in your new home today. Uh, you know. Travis Johnson and Terry Wilson both transferred in the spring, but Justin Herbert he came in as uh, a freshman. You know, I think it was Brooke Prukup. Yeah, was the graduate transfer that they had, and he was horrible, terrible. So Justin Herbert gets a chance, and the team wasn't good, but he looked really good. and And he's you know he's six six. Yeah, he's a big kid, big kid with a good arm. He was making some mistakes, but. He looked solid. He looked like he could play the position that he would just needed to learn a little bit more about it. Right. Yeah. You know, big arm, you know, Helfrich leaves, Taggart comes in last year. And so, you know, he's the starting quarterback to start the year. Yeah. You know, ends up getting hurt early on, mm-hmm. you know, broken collarbone and our backup. Which, is, which was his own fault, by the way. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. He was just, he was trying to dive in to mm-hmm. score a touchdown on the goal line and, and, there were just some big guys that hit him. Swint chest first, basically, into the goal Cle- line. Yeah, cleanly. And he scored the touchdown, and that he was did. fine. But Just got crushed. He, you know, he did. And the five games <laughs> Literally. the yeah. five games that he was out, uh, we lost. Right. And then he came back and, you know, finished the year. And now, you know, again, there's, there's kind of a hype because he really is a tremendous quarterback. And I've been watching, you know, quarterbacks for a long time and duck quarterbacks, and they've had some good ones over the years, but his accuracy and the way that he throws the ball, and they talk about that, you know, and and Mario Cristobal, the offensive coordinator from last year and the uh, offensive line coach who's now the head coach, Mm -hmm. they they just talk about the fact that it's different catching his balls. And not that I want to compare him to a Brett Favre or Or Elway or somebody. An Elway or or any of these, you know, quarterbacks that, to just spin the ball amazingly. Right. It's just different. Marino. 
Yeah. I mean, these guys, it's, you know, they, they talk about the fact that Jeff George, all the greats. Yeah. <laughs> but they talk about it's different. Yeah. You know, it, it's not, you've got to concentrate because you have to have strong hands and you have to grasp the ball or it'll go right through your hands. Yeah. But these first two games, you look at, at the way he's played and the passes that, I mean, the first game that his first three passes were dropped. I heard, I watched a recap, a video recap. Cause I was, I was like, how's Oregon done so far? And I heard in the two recaps I watched drop balls. The first three passes were drop balls and they were touchdowns. They all were three. It's so crazy because it's not an exaggeration. They were wide open into the numbers, into the hands, exactly where only our receivers could catch it, and yet all three were just bowled, just dropped. Nobody feels worse than those receivers. No, and that's true. They don't. And then the game last week kind of started the same way. You know, again, you, you look at the way a quarterback throws the ball, and, you know, guys can can complete passes. But he makes the throws that allow you to continue. So he's throwing it to you. So when you catch it, you're in stride. Right. You don't have to stop and reach back. Slow down. Let the defenders come and catch up with you. And also he does, you know, some of the stuff they talk about with NFL quarterbacks, he throws the guy open. So he can see the defender and he knows that if I throw it to the left here. Make my guy go. My guy's going to go and catch it. He's got the better angle or the better position or the better whatever. Or he's going to start running away from the defender. Yeah, he looks covered at the moment. Ultimately, as a receiver, yeah, you might be looking at where the defender is, but you're just trying to run your route and you're trying to get open. Sure. You know, so when you're downfield, you might not know where that safety's coming from, but but your quarterback does. But his accuracy has impressed me actually the last couple years. Good. When he's played. But this year, it's, it's another thing. He put on 30 pounds of muscle. This offseason? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So That's a lot. He, he was a little frail solid. last year. Now he's he's a tight end. That's that's like steroids amount. A little well, bit. It could yeah. be. Or could, could have been. A or, really good strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. 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 Who, and, who administered steroids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's several places in in Eugene where you can get a really good breakfast burrito, and I think it was more of that ah, than yeah. it was any injection. Ah, Probably. I've heard tale of said breakfast burrito, I yeah. believe, on this here podcast. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. But I've been so impressed with him this year with the accuracy. And, you know, you can have a big arm that kind of goes everywhere, but he has that the strength of arm, and so you look at the balls, the trajectory is totally different. And... You know, one of the things that Adam and I talked about the first game, there's a couple times where he should have lofted the ball a little more. Mm. You know, he threw it too direct. Then, you know, in the second game, he there were several plays where he lofted the ball more and just kind of laid it out there for somebody. Make an easy catch of it when you've got a wide open receiver. Sure. So how do you feel about the coaching staff around him? I really like him. Yeah, because that's of, important. Of course. A lot of the, the coaches have stayed. When Taggart left, he took his couple guys. But, you know, Cristobal stayed, you know, and he came from Alabama. And he's an offensive guy. And he's he's an offensive guy, offensive line guy. Yeah. Smart and, guy. And, you know, Jim Levitt stayed, the defensive coordinator. And Hayward stayed, who's the, the co-defensive coordinator. And I believe he's safeties. Yeah. And they added a few other guys. Joe Salavea is just, you know, they got him D-line from Washington coach. State. D-line coach. And he's he, a stud. He he's just the guy. I mean, he's cool. he's like them. 
You know, he's just this big, tough guy that knows what he's talking about. The energy of the staff is amazing. Marcus Arroyo is the quarterbacks coach, quarterbacks coach and the offensive coordinator and plays, uh, calls the plays. Okay. So who is he? He came from Oklahoma state and he was actually a quarterback at San Jose state who we play tomorrow. Oh, okay. So the last time San Jose state played at Autzen stadium, he was the quarterback. Marcus Arroyo <laughs> was the quarterback. That's, that's crazy. That's I yeah. Know that. So that's a little trivia. Yeah. Nice. Another full circle moment there. Yeah. Yeah. But they seem to be, they have definitely a plan. Now, again, as in all things, we have to wait and see how it plays sure. out. But they have definitely a plan. Their, their recruiting is amazing. Oh, it's been insane. Yeah, you guys touched on that a few episodes ago. Right. We're still at the number four uh, rated uh, recruiting class for next year nationally. That's great. Right. And, yeah. and, and a lot of which is, you know, I mean, we were talking about drop catches and stuff like that. <laughs> Obviously, mm-hmm. our wide receiver core isn't very strong, but I know that that's something that we've addressed in this next class as well. We have like three or four wide receivers coming in. I know three of which are very highly recruited. And Well, it's an early in the season too. You know, I give these right. guys a chance. Maybe they I kind get of, coached up a little bit. And, and I like our receiver group. Yes, they've dropped some passes, and, and I understand. I agree with you, Adam. It's not necessarily our strength. But there is some talent there. And and honestly, there is one that is kind of standing out, and that's Red. Yeah. Jalen Red. Oh, he's, he's I a, recognize that. He's name. a slot receiver, uh, very quick, very fast. And he has, you know, I think three of the drops and three of the drop touchdowns. Oh, no. But again, he also has several other, you know, I think he's got two other touchdowns. Well, the, the stats with him is actually insane. Yeah, he's averaging like 28 yards per catch um, yeah that could be true i'm actually not sure on the yardage but i know that I he is, that. has eight receptions from herbert that actually goes back into last year five from this year three of which this year have been touchdowns yeah right and last year he has he has eight receptions from herbert four of which have been touchdowns so like he just he finds the end zone and they they have that kind of connection where they're you know able to he is, he, 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 you know, he's one of those guys that can, you know, get deep. The, he dropped the first touchdown pass in the first game. He was behind the defense, perfect pass, right over his head, tried to catch it with his hands, went right through his hands. Maybe, I don't know, six minutes game clock later, fourth down and five or six from the 35, 40-yard line, and Herbert throws one to the back of the end zone that drops over the defender and perfectly into Jalen Red's hands. I mean, if you could walk out there, and they talk about this, if you walk out as a quarterback and say, okay, it's 40 yards away, I'm going to walk out there and place the ball where I want it to go. He couldn't have done it any better. It just, it was right, a perfect pass, Red caught it, touchdown, and now we go. So I'm excited. I've not been this excited since Mariota, and I know that what's not that long ago, but then you go a long time. Yeah. Well, but that's a big deal because, I mean, you guys have talked about it at length, how how you feel about Mariota. So, yeah. Well, I, I think that what was so amazing, and I mean, you college football is such an up and down thing. I mean, NFL football can be the same way, but, you know, your season can be where your team is great and then a 
Mariota graduates or I, you know, your great player graduates and then your team falls off. And but you want your team to still be up there and be with the greats, you know, a team like in, you know, Alabama yeah, who tends that's, to that's a tough have bar. twelve or thirteen, right. you know, first round draft picks actually go out and then the next year they're still number one yeah um to have that kind of consistency is is obviously you know great it's what any fan wants and you know once we got up to the point where we were in national championships you know two out of three years and you know going to rose bowls and you know having these heisman candidates uh being able to get back to that i think is you know what we've expected and, and now we've you know actually have something to grasp onto that's fun man you guys you got you lucked out because it's not like you know you picked oregon <laughs> you know right well no you're, you're just from there and, that we're from there yeah. and not everybody from oregon is an oregon fan you could be from arkansas i guess is what i'm saying well no it, <laughs> i want to reach out to uh you know somebody that, that you kind of yeah talked with a college friend of mine uh mike applington is an oregon state fan he is absolutely. Oh, one. I guess you're sure. And, sure. And, you know, we played, uh, you know, we played college baseball together. Very good friend of mine. And I don't know when he made the mistake of turning down, you know, the black and orange route, you know, the great pumpkin. Well, if he's a baseball guy, that's not necessarily a bad move. DeAndros. Right? Yeah, I guess that's well, he true. he wasn't all that good a baseball player either. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Really you know, hope he's listening. Yeah, he will be. I, I got to get that one in there. Saying Oregon <laughs> State's a good baseball school, right? Oh, it's a great baseball school. Yeah, so there you go. And for years, they were a good basketball school. Yeah, that's true. As well. And they had some decent football teams. They did. They the did. Jacquiz yeah, Rogers yeah, and the, the Rogers, Rogers brothers. brothers. Yeah, sure. Sean Mannion. Guys. Who was who's that coach? You guys hate him, He's, Erickson. Erickson, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dennis Erickson, and they, I think that was two thousand. <laughs> they actually were as good as anybody in the country. Yeah, because they had uh, Chad Johnson. That's right. The and Husman Zada. They had them both. They, they had did a, have them both. They That's had right. them both. Those That's two, right. you know, Bengal receivers. I know. They're and, both knuckleheads, as yeah. it turns out. Well, you don't have to be <laughs> smart to like play football. They just like the black and orange. It's proven. <laughs> That's true. They, yeah, they have. They do. They seem to be fond of the color scheme, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, the great pumpkin, D. Andros, was the head football coach for a lot of years. And boy, that guy was a, the great pumpkin. Piece of work. Yeah. You know, because he was a pretty roly-poly guy. Okay. Rotund. And he put on the big, Rotund. you know, the orange coach's shirt. And he looked like a big pumpkin. That's funny. You know, but still, Oregon, you know, what they've been able to accomplish, you know, again, we've talked about this in the past, that there was a lot of years, a lot of lean years where Oregon really wasn't very good. Yeah. yeah. And you hoped that they could get to six wins to maybe go to a bowl so you could buy a shirt, you know, and I got a bunch of them in there, you know, from going back to 89. But things are different now, you know, and the expectations are yeah. different. And I like the coaching staff now. Uh, I like Cristobal a lot more than I ever liked Taggart. Right. And I think if we go back to the old podcast, yeah, I probably <laughs> was singing the praise of Taggart, but well, once it was all fake. I never liked him. There was yeah. a, there was one the yeah, last year's, you were just trying to be a good preview fan. or whatever. Well, yeah, I haven't gone back and listened to that because I'll, I'll be curious because <clears throat> I know how I really felt. Yeah. But you want to be excited. No, that's, that's, that's the whole what fan it was. thing yeah. is, you know, you want to be excited I, Mark Helfrich wasn't going to take them as much as I liked Mark Helfrich and as much as that was his dream job growing up in Coos Bay. He felt good about him and what was happening. You wanted him to continue on, but he could not recruit. And 
that was the downfall. And now Taggart could recruit. But as we're finding out, it was the staff that could recruit. Right. Yeah. And as Chris, much Cristobal as, in particular, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's, I think two, three years ago, he was the number one recruiter in the nation. And it apparently is already showing. I mean, yeah. no, 100%. I think it's Taggart's recruits. Are, and I think you look at the fact that he, you know, he wants to be more physical. Uh, now the game tomorrow is pretty much, I, I think. Can we point out that Taggart had a very embarrassing loss in his first week. Oh, yeah. oh he got blown I, out against I guess Virginia Tech. I didn't. I sailed right past that. I, the funny thing is, is well into the third quarter, they were trailing Samford, not Stanford, <laughs> Samford, an FCS school, online college. That, exactly. <laughs> you know, they played uh, University of Phoenix and lost. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But Devry, yeah, gave they were him, gave him a run. They were losing. <laughs> So, you know, of course, you know, everybody's trolling the fact that Taggart, you sure. know, so Francis is the quarterback at Florida State, and I never thought he was really that good. He's kind of a dual threat quarterback. Sure. You know, he can't do either one really well, <laughs> you know, so you want to list both of them. <laughs> right. Dual non-threat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and so you just, you know, some of the, the stuff that gets thrown out there on social media is, so you left Justin Herbert for Francis. That's funny. You know, yeah. what are you thinking? You know, this could be, and again, all these, all the hype of, you know, who's the number one pick and who's the Heisman front runner and right. all that kind of stuff. I, I get annoyed by all of that. Yeah, well, I mean, they're talking about Herbert being a first round pick, being possibly the first quarterback being chosen, you know, so out of college. A little early, a little early. 100%. And the fact, I mean, it's not for certain, but there's been rumors and things said that have hinted towards him possibly staying for his senior year and not even going into the NFL right away. Well, yeah, of course. He's a junior, right? Yeah. Well, he's a junior, and he can come back, and his brother, who is a star tight end at Sheldon, has signed with Oregon, or not signed, but he is committed to Oregon, uh-huh. and there is some conversation. Now, again, we're not hanging around you know, at, at the cooler in Eugene or, right, right. or any of the this other. This is all what's being said online. This is all the stuff that we're picking up, That, but he seems to be interested in wanting to play with his brother. Right. Right? How could you not be? Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I think it's just I think little it's brother. It's probably one of the coolest things to fantasize about ever. And it's, well, it's and, a position that's not like his brother's playing on the defensive end either. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's going right. to be yeah. throwing his, his brother a touchdown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Looking up because right At now, Oregon, their dream school that yeah. they've been rooting for. No, you know, it's, since, it's storybook stuff. It is. It is. And right now they have that at Oregon. That was a great moment last week. Oh, yeah, it really because was. Because Troy Dye is the star linebacker uh-huh. for, for the Ducks. And is just a stud. I mean, he's he's a fantastic player. Yeah, he was from you know the moment he started playing as a freshman. Really well, his was. his brother Travis is a running back and signed this last year and is on the team this year as so, a freshman. Yeah, he's actually so, getting some good touches. And one of the great things about Oregon this year, you know, we lost uh, Royce Freeman. Ooh, and uh, can okay. I? He's Benoit. starting for Denver now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is he? Cool. And Benoit. And so, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, we don't have that go-to uh, running back. Huh. But what we have is five really good running backs. Oregon, it seems to me, from the outsider's perspective. Ooh, go. hey, what's that? Was, that that was organic. I didn't even yeah. force that one out there. 
it seems like they uh they're not wanting for running backs the, the, in no, my recent memory. No, it's a, a tradition. You can go back to a lot of different running backs. Yeah, especially in the last 10 years. Yeah. Like they've had, I mean, they're not USC. <laughs> Let's not get out of, out of hand. But in the last 10 years, they've well, been we real, probably real. Have I don't know. I, four wide or four running backs in the NFL right now. Right. I mean, you go back to, I, I mean, I'll go back Four to Jonathan five, Stewart, maybe. right? He's the first one that comes to Jay mind. Stu, you got Blunt. Well, you go, you go back Blunt. before that. You had Ruben Drones. You had uh, yeah, there Maurice you go. Morris. There you go. They uh, both played in the NFL. They had good NFL careers. Yep. Uh, but Stewart is Jonathan probably Stewart the was, first that I recall being kind of a stud in the well, NFL. He was, he was the number one rated running back in, uh, in, in high school. The nation, yeah. Oh, he was? Yeah, he was a five-star. Well, and at Oregon, I, he he was just a man amongst boys. He it was. It was but, ridiculous. And, and, but then you also look at, you had him and you had Jeremiah Johnson. who Yeah. Robert Redford? Yeah. <laughs> but Jeremiah Johnson. That joke's never not funny. Yeah. <laughs> but Jeremiah Johnson had the best stiff arm I've ever seen in my life. Like on in one occasion or just as a, uh, as no, a just, weapon? Always. Oh, I mean, okay. he, as a he, weapon. Had, oh. he had that stiff arm that would stop players and you always it's it's the most hilarious thing ever didn't go anywhere he the stiff arm elbow yeah (laughs) yeah the stiff arm to the forehead and and the defender falls flat to the ground they don't even make they you know they don't even make contact with you it's like the old thing where you hold your little brother's head and he's trying to punch you yeah he's swinging at you and trying to hit you well that was jeremiah johnson's the ones who punch there that's i think one thing we've talked about recently but yeah, Oregon has had a lot of one-two punches. That that's what kills teams as well. Well, you know, right when when you have you know Lamichael James just tiring out a defense like crazy, and then he goes to the bench, and Kenyon Barner comes in, both in the NFL, right? Y- yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Barner actually just signed this last week with New England. Yeah. Oh Jesus. So you know, and so yeah, but those two. But then you you look at Jeremiah Johnson, and then Ontario Smith came in with him. So when you know. Jonathan Stewart left after his junior year, uh-huh. went to the NFL. Then Jeremiah Johnson, because they were in the same class, he plays his senior year. He's the star, and Ontario Smith comes in, and you know he's kind of that that changeup back. Yeah. But then you know you talk about Michael James and Kenyon Barner, but through that, you know, uh, Legarrette Blunt, yeah, was in there at that time, and right. he's still playing in the NFL. Oh he's yeah, he's been a, he's been nothing but a productive running back in the NFL for eight years or yeah. something now. It's crazy. And even after the punch, even after the punch and shout out to Zach, who was his workout partner. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Said he was a lazy bastard. And yeah, at at (laughs) Chuck's, uh, Chuck's gym that, that uh, Zach used to work out at, you know, the interesting thing about football this time of year is the hope. Yeah. Right. It's, and you know, we've had, you know, in recent years, especially with the 49ers, there's been no hope. Right, you know the Tom Sula year. You, you, yeah. you still, you still want it, but it, you know in the back of your head that it's just yeah. truly the not single, the, the singletary year. The right? hope ends week one, is what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, everybody just, has hope, kind of going in. Yeah, or at oh, least yeah. Uh, the, at least you fake it, but but then all of a sudden it's you know it's like okay this team isn't going anywhere. Yeah, this team sucks, but we don't have that this year. No, you know I think that uh, the 49ers have an excellent chance of maybe making the playoffs. Now the Rams. You know, in their division, went out and spent a ton of money and have a lot of really good players. Yes. Yeah, everybody's in love with them. 
So they're yeah, they're a real popular pick as as a Super Bowl team. And they're in your division. And again, we've talked about this on multiple podcasts. The divisions, you know, yeah. the idea of divisions in sports. Right. You know, the Yankees right now are are, you know, closing in on winning a hundred games and they're gonna be ten games back. Yeah. In their division, <laughs> and they're gonna be in the wild card. Wild card, yeah. Yeah. And you know, you had that with the Bengals, you know, for years because yep. Pittsburgh was so good. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you'd the have Bengals win 10, 11 games and yeah, be the wild card. You know, yeah, or and not, have to travel to Pittsburgh. You know, or not right. make the playoffs, or not with, make the playoffs with nine wins or something. You yeah. know, with nine or ten wins because and and then you've got a a team out there that's eight and eight. Yeah, in a bad division that makes the playoffs. Yep. So the whole divisional thing is <clears throat> yeah, it's weird. There's it goes both ways. If you're a fan that benefits from it, then you know maybe you're a little. <laughs> More in favor. Well, yeah, no, but then I think it's at just that not, point you you then it's just not brought up. I mean, right, <laughs> right. But I mean, even if even if they were talking about the 49ers and saying that you know they went eight and nine, but this other team was ten and four, and you know, or wow, whatever. those are really not close to the records that you would have. Yeah, sixteen <laughs> games. So I always try to make it add up to sixteen. <laughs> eight and nine. They've played an extra game. Yeah, ten and four. We're we're uh, a couple we're, short. We're week fifteen. <laughs> That's what Adam brings to the podcast, folks. That's why you listen, because you never know when it's going to crop up, when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen almost on every podcast. Maybe so, just created a cherry category, most accurate representation of something or other. Yeah. I'll figure it out. I'll work it out. I'm just here for the, the facts, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Adam likes to spit stats. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't matter what your record is, but apparently. If, well, one of the... You know, one of the biggest, whether it's even feasible, <laughs> examples of this uh, was the NFC West, the year that Seattle, I think, was eight and eight. And everybody talked about the fact that, you know, you know, how can you be in the playoffs? Or they may have even been seven and nine. I'm not sure. It yeah. was something like that. And like New Orleans and had New to Orleans go had there. to go there because they won the AFC West. So they won their division and New Orleans. It was like 11 wins, but they, but, but yeah. Carolina won the division. So New Orleans had to travel or something. Yeah. Yeah. I it remember. was, it was just that worst case scenario, but you've got a, a much better team having to travel. Yeah. And Seattle won the game. And all of a sudden it's like, well, see, it makes sense. Right. <laughs> well, no, it still doesn't make sense. Right. <laughs> it worked out. Well, cause Seattle's, you know, notoriously one of the hardest places to go into. Yeah, you know they're the Northwest. I, I think well, sports is just a, it's crazy. You know, Seattle is just a nasty place. That anyway. was the year Seattle went. I think eight and eight, and they won all their home games and lost all their road games, or something yeah. weird like that. It was, or maybe not quite all in all, but like no, we'll go with that. We'll yeah. go with that. Yeah, I like it, it. might have been. It might. It was. That hey, could be an Adam stat. If right I could there. throw out ten and four, man, you could do whatever you want. You could do eight and eight. Yeah, eight but, and eight, eight and nine, whatever it takes. But it was crazy. <laughs> like they just didn't lose at home, and they couldn't buy a road win. Yeah, and they won their division. Right, and they won their home game in the playoffs. Exactly. And then lost the next week, and then they got yeah killed by you know because they had Green to go on, Bay or somebody. They had to go on the road. They got to go to Lambo. Yeah. Well, no matter what, we're just excited that we get to watch football. Absolutely. We got seven ounce Saturdays going. Oh, that's right. Yeah, cool. Which are for anyone who doesn't know, that's uh, drinking seven ounce beers, uh, and the the rule is is that you have a group of people watching a game, and everyone's drinking seven ounces, and the first person that finishes their seven ouncer and goes to get a refill has to get a refill for everybody in the room. Absolutely, right? So, yeah, because so you, even if you just got one, you're only a sip it's away. Seven ounces. <laughs> 
you're gonna so, you need another one it's yeah it's barely a gulp yeah exactly well and and i loved ian's comment was you know ian was you always have an ice cold beer yeah yeah you know even so, to the point where he brings over seven ounces to my house and, and he did that you know and Saturday. i don't know what the story is because uh I, we talked with him during the uh sharknado podcast right and he had come over to your house the week before and brought seven ounces to get ready for the season right yeah and, he's not been here and for he's one of the not game. come over once <laughs> i gotta see what he's doing for tomorrow maybe well john's coming over yeah mr oh, casper cool so you know he'll be here but casper we'll have to senior we'll have to we'll have to check out and see what ian's doing or so do you ever do like where you just grab like three of them at a time and hold them like in all your fingers and people can't see what i'm doing but i'm making a super weird grip moving movement yeah, and he's then, like, doing a, bowl, a bowling three. ball, yeah. <laughs> a bowling ball grip, and then like drink three of them somehow. No, no, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's a dumb. I think thing we I need to have like a funnel going. <laughs> it's just like I think they call that a beer ball. I think you're defeating the purpose at that point. Well, okay. what's well, nice is you also get exercise because you're getting up every eleven seconds to get another beer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it you know conceals the trips to the restroom because <laughs> exactly everybody's getting it's up a lot during of this whole going thing. On. Yeah, it's like it's a, a whole, Chinese fire drill. Yeah. It's, if you're allowed it's a, to it's say a production. That. Yes. <laughs> it's choreographed amazingly. Yeah. You know, and then we have we do we a have, run through before the game, and we have shots for touchdowns. Yeah. All oh, right. Uh, what is it so far this year? Uh, fuzzy navels. Actually, okay. all right. It's been delicious. Yeah, of course. Because early in the season, preseason, man, you got to be careful. Sure. Because we're scoring sixty points a game. Yeah. yeah. So you we know, might. we don't want to to go back to the uh, the Oregon Oregon State game out at after Marie this, and Chad's. Yeah. After the, this week, we debacle. might go to like something a little stronger. Come yeah. In week one of the. Well, so do you evaluate that week by week and who you're playing and you what the over-under is? Yeah, 100%. Because, yeah. I mean, coming up against Stanford, we're not going to score more than 21 points. So maybe you have uh, a little mezcal. Exactly. Yeah, yeah we've got some Jamesons in there. There you go. Yeah. We can always do. Yeah. But, yeah, the Oregon-Oregon State game out at Chad and Marie's, uh, it was 100-proof snops, and <laughs> Chad doesn't still doesn't remember that. <laughs> I think we actually have some video, and and he still he, he denies it ever happened. He was out barbecuing, uh, and it was a late game, so he's out there in the dark barbecuing, and and I don't know that there was any meat on the grill. I think, I think he was just out there with it going, and I remember being there, barely. <laughs> no, I that was I didn't up until just a second ago when you're talking about the grill. Now I remember. Yeah, Chad. he was out. He, he was outside. Huh? Yeah, I remember him I grilling. Just, that was a crazy night. That's yeah. funny. But you, so you've got to be careful because that was a like 65, 54 game. <sighs> yeah. And that uh, was insane. You know, it's like, Marie, do you have something for shots? And she goes, yeah, I think I have some peach schnapps. So you think, okay, peach schnapps, that's going to be okay. It was hundred proof. That's peach not peach schnapps. No, it's peach gasoline. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. It worked. Correct. So, Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so we're we're excited, and again, sorry folks, we did sports. Oh, I know everybody wants uh, other they topics. Love, they love it, the interesting ones, and we have some good coming up. You know, again, we took a couple weeks off. Glad um, to be back, and we're excited to be back. Yes. Well, and the good news is there's probably going to be a few more sports related, perhaps even football related podcasts. Yeah. Well, definitely. Well, as, that's for sure. As we go through the season, tis the season, and. You know, as the teams do well, it will be more exciting. Now, next, you know, tomorrow 
again, I'm pretty sure it's a we're a 41 point favorite, kind of a cupcake, kind of a foregone conclusion. But then the next week it's Stanford at home, and yeah. Stanford has already played USC and beat them. You know, it's it's that's a that's a big US, one. USC has a loss. Washington has a loss. Cal, uh, Colorado is playing better than expected. Right. Arizona State. Yeah. Had a big win last week against Michigan and, and, State. You Michigan know, State, Herm yeah. Edwards. I'm I was not a big fan of that. Although I love Herm. Herm. Well, so do I. But it, you know, he's never been a college coach ever. Right. Right. He doesn't know anything about. And recruiting. Arizona State. You know, they're at home again, which is fantastic. And they beat Michigan State. And Michigan State is considered, you know, one of the, you know, best teams in in the Big Ten. Right. right. So I never expected them to win that game. No, no, it was it was actually kind of nice to see the Pac-12 step up and <laughs> actually win. California something is playing better than expected with you know Justin Wilcox. I love the fact that Kevin Sumlin uh, at Arizona has you know lost two, right? Oh yeah, and, and not even close to to winning a game. <laughs> not a big fan of his. Uh, UCLA and uh, Chip Kelly, the return to college football. He's zero and two. Yeah. Is he really doing oh, bad? Yeah. Oh. Doing terrible. Wow. Really good it, it to see. Doesn't look good. No, that's too and bad. I, I think this the sleeper team in the Pac twelve is Utah. Yeah. I know people have been talking about them. They're gonna be I think that's gonna be the team in the South. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's So so back at back to Washington real quick, because is or no, uh Stanford, the the game in, in a week. Not yeah. not this week, next week, right? right. Next week. Upset? Okay. Week from tomorrow. So what are they what are they ranked currently? I think they're nine. And who do they play this eight. week? Nobody. No. Okay. So you're both got one more warm up, and then Oregon well, will go in ranked twenty fourth or something and twentieth right now. Oh, okay. There you go. So we could be in the teens depending on what happens. Sure. Uh, so it's they talk about the fact that college game day may come to Eugene. Yeah, I was going to say that's going to be probably the biggest game in the Pac twelve. Oh, it's yeah, it, it for is for another seven to eight weeks at least. Yeah, it, it it's a big game. You know, yeah. the USC Stanford game was big. It was at Stanford. Now Stanford goes in the road, goes to Eugene, and again, if you if know Stanford if, wins that game, that's big for them. They're in the driver's seat. Oh, yeah. of course, that's yeah. that's for sure. Two ranked wins, two three weeks into this season. But if I mean, so obviously they'll Four be weeks. favored, and even though it's in Eugene, oh yeah. Uh, but how do you feel realistically? Like, I know it's easy to say, oh, there's a chance. And of course there's a chance, but I really think if you, if you can be as objective as possible, it's a coin flip. Well, here's the interesting thing about it. Oregon and Cristobal, his main focus throughout the off season and through the summer and now is being more physical. He wants to take Oregon to an Alabama level of physicality, which is what Stanford is, and that's what Stanford is. Yeah, is they beat teams because they're not based on. They're speed. the West Coast Alabama. They are. Yeah, really. I mean, well, no, the not only winning, but, but obviously Alabama but has a lot more speed, physicality than Stanford does, and uniform Just, color. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see. Do we have the physicality to to you know to push Stanford around? Right, and that's going to be very telling to really how we're going to be able to handle non-conference games that are big you know any bowl game we go to i think it's going to be big sure the biggest thing with stanford is getting ahead they are not a team that comes from behind so if you can play tough defense and you can score against them they're not a come from behind team they're not based on that they their wide receivers are tight ends right 
But if they can plod down the field and if they get in the red zone, and that's how they beat us every year that they beat us, is that now they've got a 6'6 guy out in the corner that they toss it out to. Mm. And that's just what they do. And, and they that's, just spent nine minutes getting down the field. That's how they beat USC. But if you get up on Stanford, if you're able to score, move the ball, and Justin Herbert throwing the ball and us running the ball, if we can get a lead on Stanford, then they're just not a team built for comeback. It's going to be big because our cornerbacks are, are small, 5'11". Mm. You know, so going up against, you know, Tight ends. Tight ends. Six, six, five, six, it's, six. Right. Guys. Nobody, nobody yeah. can do that. Yeah. I it mean, it's, even if you have six foot one quarter corners, which are what, you know, which you want to go to, we actually have some. We have a couple guys that are pretty tall, but still the idea you've got, you know, some guy that's six, five and six, six, 245, 250 pounds. Yeah. It's no contest. And it, they're short passes, but you just, you know, so it'll be an interesting to, to see if we're able to, to be as physical as Stanford. So is there such a good, uh, such a thing as a good loss in this game for you guys? Do you think in the Stanford game? Yeah. Uh, no, no, not at home. You got to win. Not at home. Yeah. Okay. You you have to win that game. Okay. We haven't proven anything yet. And that's the thing is if we had proven, if we had maybe had a big win against a non-conference opponent week Uh one or two and came into Stanford and played a tough game and then lost at that point, we've proven ourselves. Yet, and then we played tough, and so it's okay. But you you haven't proven yourself, so I don't feel like you can okay. take that no, loss. It's, it's, well, it, it's the correct answer. It was a test, and you both and it, passed. In the Pac-12, you have to win your home games. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And and then you have to go and win some games on the road. So you guys, that's I love it. You guys have the expectations that you need to have. You want the Oregon to win and to be yeah. a, a real contender. And if they're going to do that, they have to beat Stanford. But, you know, again, it's it's that until you watch the game, until you see what happens... You don't know. You know, we have our enthusiasm and the excitement of of watching the game and what we think will happen. My suspicion is that if Oregon plays well and Stanford just ends up being that good and they win a close game, my suspicion is you guys will lick your wounds pretty fast and and be happy with a good performance. As far as as us as fans, we'll be okay. But as far as rankings and and what that means and getting into a better bowl game, it's... I, yeah, you want your team. You want your team to be really good, but it it's like you're talking about with the Bengals. It's like, okay, are they that good? Are they going to go into Pittsburgh and win? Are they, you know? Yeah. You, you just don't know. You want that to happen, but you're going to be cautious. Yeah. There. And so the you know the game against Stanford, you know the season actually plays out where you know we have Washington at home as well, so we could have a great year, but you got to play the games. Mm. And that's what I hear. There's enough there's enough uncertainty, you know, with Cristobal, with the you know, the coaching staff, with some of the players that we've got. You know, can we impose our will on them? And we're just hoping we can. Yeah, cool. There are two marquee games in the Pac twelve tomorrow. Um, other than of course Oregon San Jose State. Uh that would be USC playing Texas, which Texas over the years has not in recent years, been good. No. Um, you know, in the past they have been, but they were hyped up this season. They're both one on one, and USC is ranked. I USC is is ranked twenty second still after losing right. to Stanford. But you know, hopefully they'll be able to win against that. Um, the other one, it, you know, we talked about Utah coming out um, and being one of the teams that could possibly win the South. Well, they play Washington tomorrow. Yeah, Ooh. that's a big game. Is so that where is it? 
Uh, that one is uh, at Washington. Okay. So we'll see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and that's what's fun about the season. Yeah. You know, or these these big games and as you want your team to win and it's yelling at the TV and, you know, oh my God. And, and, you know, let's, you know, you want to win the game. It's the other games that you watch that it's just, well, it's football. Yeah. It's calm. It's right. like, this is, this is great. It's a fun know? game to watch. It's just kind of having thrown the game on in the morning, you know, uh, on a Saturday morning that you just don't care about the teams, but there's football on the screen and you're watching some good. Exactly. Lon happen. and I, a couple of weeks ago, the first week we were hanging out for, to we're working on our video for our, from our trip to Iowa and uh, we're just hanging out at my house and it's at night and we turn on the TV to watch the golf, which ends at that point, And then pretty quickly comes on the Notre Dame, Michigan game. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, Notre Dame, Michigan's on right now. It's the first week. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is great. Like, Notre Dame, Michigan is on the TV right now. Right. Because, like, Traditionally, that's an amazing that's, game. That's a great, yeah. like, that's college football. Notre Dame, Michigan is like <laughs> right. Army Navy, regardless of how <laughs> terrible or good or whatever. It's it's quintessential college well, football. And it's, it's fun. Good like, old American the, football. You know, the Auburn-Washington game. You know, it's fun when there's a big game early in the season. Yeah, yeah exactly. So now we're going to talk more at a later date about your trip to Iowa. Okay. Good. We have a, we have a topic coming up that might be fun. Oh, perfect. But I have to ask during the whole trip, uh-huh. did anybody look at somebody and go, is this heaven? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we've missed that opportunity. Well, see if you'd have taken me, yeah. you know, and I didn't know the friend that you were in to see, yeah. but that's, that would have been the first thing. Yeah. You no. know, when you, when you walk up, it's, is this heaven? No. Okay. This, this is, yeah. All right. Okay. So that's, uh, that's another, Football podcast. Yes, nice. indeed. Knocked it out. Yeah, we did. Well done. Appreciate it. It was fun. And, yeah, it was. Joe, thanks for coming over and, you know, sharing your wine with us. <laughs> it's your Some wine. Rouge. <laughs> Which is funny. The first time in, since I can remember, I didn't actually bring wine and you had some. I had a bottle. Yeah, that's perfect. Convenient. Yeah. Okay. Adam, great job. Appreciate it. You know, your, your grasp of numbers and... And the technical part of any sport is just, just uh, awesome. Yeah. I just try to be perfect. You know, I try to do everything just, the best way that I can. Well, mission accomplished in my yeah. opinion. I appreciate it's, that, guys. Um, any of you listeners who actually just real quick before we get out of here, um, who uh, use Amazon and want to buy anything from Amazon, please uh, go to the Jubitake, listen to a podcast, and then go through our Amazon link to, yeah, uh, to buy something. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Right there at the uh, bottom of the page, I believe. Yes. Right. And it'll bottom take you right to Amazon page. and you can buy all kinds of things that, you know, you're going to buy anyway. Yeah. So exactly. It's, it's, it's no more money for you. It's a little kickback for the Juby take. Yeah, it just makes our sh- pockets. It makes the show go. Helps us get through. All right, guys. Appreciate it. And if you want more, there's going to be more perspectives later. Yeah. The good ones, the good ones of today Point them out to me so I can come and join their raid We'll walk around this land with open hands Looking for change, we'll want to understand It's progression we have at hand Humanity is killing wheat, for this we will not stand I say let's progress in good contest Make conference, then love our best Our onslaught of love will be at an all-time high Crashing like waves on some ponderosa pines Our love that makes no sense We who spend love at no 
expense We are a force of passion Creating a new faction Taking action, working hard Just for the satisfactions With the abilities to shine so bright That others wanna fight Because our light is in their eyes Ladies and gentlemen, we are the skies Don't remain mystified by their lies Can't trust us, but we will teach you how to be 